It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and the radio voice of the Detroit Tigers, Dan Dickerson. This one is gone! On Tigers Radio, 97.1, the ticket. 248-539-9797 is the phone number. Hey, it's kind of a... It's colder than it possibly, possibly could be. And uh, here we are talking some baseball. Has another year really gone by since our last Tiger Talk? Yeah, so so it's great to be here. Dan Dickerson, Pat Caputo. Of course, Dan, the radio play-by-play voice of the Tigers. Al Avila, Tigers general manager, scheduled to join us at uh, 645. But for the next hour, we'll be here. 248-539-9797. And Dan... A different, uh, different aspect to the Tigers this year. Uh, no pretense of uh, trying to win the World Series this year. Uh, the, the idea is uh, to regroup, uh, rebuild, uh, come back as a leaner, meaner uh, fighting machine. And I think uh, it's fair to say that uh, Al Avila has done a pretty good job uh, in uh, doing that. Uh, it's painful to see players like Justin Verlander leave, uh, players like J.D. Martinez leave. Uh, but it, the Tigers got pretty good prospects uh, who are making pretty good progress right now. And I don't think it's going to be as awful as people think. They may not win a lot of games this year compared to what they've done in the past where they've made the World Series a couple times in the postseason a few other times. But uh, it's going to be fun uh, to watch uh, the Tigers grow. Yeah, I don't I don't think the cupboard's completely bare. I, I do think, I mean, you've seen it, I've seen it. I mean, predictions of 100 losses, 110 losses. Who knows where it might end? I just don't think the cupboard's that bare. I mean, you and I both lived through it in different ways, 2001, 2, 3, 4. Right. <laughs> the cupboard was bare. There was there really wasn't much hope for anything in some of those years. Think about it. They went from 96 to 106 to 119 losses in right. three years, and there was no end in sight. Um, it just seems to me you, you've still got some talent on this team. You've still got some what-ifs that are realistic, meaning what if Daniel Norris or a Matthew Boyd clicks this year and becomes the starting pitcher that a lot of people think they can be. There are major league scouts who really like Matthew Boyd and think he can be a very good major league pitcher. I think most feel Daniel Norris's upside is higher. But what if? What if those guys click this year and Michael Fulmer comes back healthy? I don't think Michael Fulmer coming back healthy is a big stretch. Jacob DeGrom basically had the same surgery, same time of year, came back and had a good year. I mean, that's the makings of a decent rotation. So it's fascinating to me to think, like you said, for the first time in a long time, you go to spring training, and the expectations are very different this year. But it's not, to me, a situation where you're looking at 100 losses plus out of the gate. Yeah, you know, and uh, when you look at it, uh, I would say to people, and I've had a lot of folks say, hey, it's going to be different, or they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And I, I tell everybody the same thing. I love baseball. The Tigers are going to be playing major league games at Comerica Park this year. There's going to be the Yankees coming in uh, with Giancarlo, Stanton, and Aaron Judge, and a great team, it looks like. Red Sox still have all these tremendous players. Mike Trout is going to show up. 
at Comerica Park at some point this summer. You're going to see the Astros and Verlander, you know, maybe return, you know, the game. Uh, you got the Hall of Fame inductions uh, with uh, Tram and Jack Morris. And it's baseball, man. I, you know, right. it, and, you know, to me, and maybe it's I got a lot of player development, uh, you know, uh, coverage uh, in my past. It's something that I've done extensively. But think about this. The 84 Tigers started out from the 75 Tigers. You know, and uh, within a couple of years, they were very competitive. Started to win games, knocked on the door a couple of times, eventually won it, and it was your team. You knew these guys as they came up. Uh, it was the same with the 68 Tigers. If you go back and look, they all played in Knoxville. They played in Syracuse together. They did this. Uh, they grew uh, together. You look at the Pistons when they won it, same thing, came up together. The Red Wings when they did. Uh, it's fun and it's fascinating to see the growth part of it. And this year's the seeds have been planted. I I really think, uh, you know, some of the trades that were made, looking at it in hindsight, not, I didn't particularly like the J.D. Martinez trade at the time, but actually now looking at seeing some of DeWall Lugo, you know, play, I, I, I like that. And I thought with the Astros trade, and I know it was Justin Verlander, but uh, Al played all his cards right out to the end and, and did a pretty good job. And I can see where they could have an outstanding pitching staff relatively soon if uh, a couple of these guys hit. And they're all high-end guys now. It's like they they got five star guys where they used to have two or three star guys. Yeah, I think a few teams would like to have Franklin Perez, oh. Alex Faedo, Matt Manning. Those are the top three Tiger prospects. Is Bo Burrows, Baseball American. Then Bo Burrows is right behind them. So that's four legitimate prospects. Those are one or two starter potential. Right, and chances are two of those four aren't going to pan out. But if two do, then you you you've got the makings of a pretty darn good. Sometimes rotation. they all do. Hudson's uh, Molder and. Uh, Zito. Zito in Oakland, uh, Avery. Uh, Matt, well, Maddox was a trade, but uh, Glavin and Smoltz in, in uh, Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that happens, and then you wonder, you know, that's why I always kind of laughed about the money ball thing, although I, you know, know about value of contract and everything. But I'll tell you what, Billy Bean's job was a lot easier because he had those three guys. <laughs> and that's where it all starts, isn't it? I mean, when you look at a team, you look at a team that's rebuilding, you look at, okay, what are their prospects for this season? I start with rotations with almost any team. Yeah. Start with rotations. I mean, the rotation has a chance to be decent. Norris and Boyd, to me, are the X factors. They have right. to be better, obviously. I think they can be better. And that's assuming good health of Michael Fulmer, who will be a Tiger, let's assume, this year. <laughs> I don't think he's going anywhere. But, I mean, you've got the makings of something, I think. Mike Fires at the back end of the bullpen. I don't know what to think about Jordan Zimmerman. I do know, and I think it'll be interesting to maybe get an update from Al Avila. He felt it would take in offseason to get his mechanics back on track, that he finally figured out how to handle the neck issue. It is an issue, but something that shouldn't prevent him from being a decent major league pitcher again. But he really felt like it was going to take an offseason to fix his mechanics. And, you know, Tiger fans obviously are still waiting for that to happen because it's been two very rough years. But is there something in that tank? That's why I think Chris Basio was such a key hire. Well, I think Chris Basio was a good hire. Look, uh, the whole thing with their coaching staff and managers, I have people read the Oakland Press have heard me here. I wasn't exactly enthralled with the Gardner hire from this standpoint. The analytics and lack of the background, and I know how important that is in the game. But I'll say this, he's here now. And uh, we all need to be fair in our evaluation. And the one good thing about Ron Gardner, you're not talking about somebody that hasn't had success or understands the basic uh, old-school way of the game and teaching players how to be pros. And this could be very important in the development of them, and it may turn out to be just fine. It's just, you know, my point, and I probably made it to the point of, you know, 
absurdity. The, the Tigers need to become more analytically based, and they're trying. So, you know, let's see what happens. But uh, I think uh, when it comes down to it, Bazio does have some analytics background. He's been sitting next to Joe Madden so, uh, in the dugout. So there's a lot there, so he, he can help them in that way as well. I like his track record, and that's why I'm excited about Chris Bazio. He's taking guys with talent who have underperformed and made them into something either really good or Cy Young caliber. Arietta, look at his numbers in Baltimore. Right. He didn't do anything in Baltimore of note. Pedro Strope, Jason Hamill, Kyle Hendricks, those are all guys that he took who had talent who had underperformed and turned them into something in the case of Arietta, especially special. Kyle Hendrick wasn't too bad either. Uh, I, I just think that he has a knack. I had a great conversation with him in a pregame a couple of years ago when the Tigers were at Wrigley, and he just talked about their philosophy. It's a little bit different. They work up and down, below the strike zone, above the strike zone. Use your misses to set up your next pitch. I mean, it's a philosophy that I think just resonates with some guys, and I think he has that ability to get a message through. It might not be different than what anybody else might have said in the last couple of years, but it resonates with the way he says it to a particular guy. I think he has a knack for that, and that's why I'm fascinated to see what he gets out of guys who do have talent who clearly have underperformed in the last couple of years. Uh you know, Dan and I, we think we got opinions, we got different things. We're really interested to hear what you think as Tiger fans. Uh, what do you think about the, the Tigers and where they're headed now? Um, can you get excited about this? Um, I would think that you would be. If you're really into baseball, I would think that this would be something that you're looking forward to. Um, it's different because I don't think people spend a lot of time looking at the Tigers minor league system in recent years, more about what they were going to buy and what they were going to do. We almost never talked about it. Think but, about it. But think about this. All the players that the Tigers traded, you know, you think, well, who were those guys? They were just prospects. Well, you know, Corey Knievel was as good as any closer in Major League Baseball last year. Uh, you know, Robbie Ray had more strikeouts uh, per nine innings than pitcher in the National League, 12. Uh, Eugenio Suarez, uh, 3.7 more. And was really good. Avi Asel Garcia hit 330 last year. Had a war over four. Um, you go down the list. Even Hernan Perez, who was just released by the Tigers, because they didn't have a 40-man spot, and they were trying to get veteran guys. He had a pretty good year for Milwaukee. He's had a couple pretty good years. Um, that Jake Thompson kid that they traded along with Knievel uh, in the Joaquin story. So if the Tigers had kept all these guys, and see, and they, their heart was in the right place, they were doing what they wanted to do at that time was go for it. But my point is, if they had kept all these guys and developed it, they would be better suited for the future right now. And they can develop guys and continue to develop them. And you say, well, what about these minor league rankings and everything? They don't always – none of those guys were highly ranked guys. You know, and the top ten guys uh, by the, you know, uh, Baseball America or Keith Law or whoever was out there. If you do it right, you can you can have a rebuild. And you'll, you'll, Nobody thought the Twins would be that good last year or the Rockies or the Diamondbacks, and they hit. So this is what is going on. But it's if you love baseball, this is what you love, man. You're going to see younger players come in. You're going to see some development. You see some guys come and go. It'll be like, uh, you know, in the late 70s if you're a little older. You know, when Tram and Lou and those guys are coming up and the Tigers had, not every guy made it, but the ones that did make it ended up being something. So I'm looking forward to it myself. I'm, I'm all excited about it, to be honest with you. But, again, I got kind of a, you know, I've always been into player development type of thing. Yeah, it's 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 been it's been a long time, but I I do think there are some pieces. And um, I mean, look at that top ten, as as rated by Baseball America that came out just a few days ago. I mean, a couple of those guys, and that's what I'll be interested to see. What what about Kristen Stewart? Who who's closest to the major leagues? I think they get very excited about Isaac Paredes, but he's at 
He's at West Michigan. I mean, he's at low A ball right now. Well, I'll tell you this about Kirsten Stewart, man. Big time power on that dude. You see him set I'm, off, you'll be happy. Right. I'm kind of excited to see that guy. Probably, I would think, sometime in 2018. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Alvio will join us seven forty five. Tell you all about it. Uh, until then, we'd love to hear from you. Pacaputo, Dan Dickerson, Tiger Talk ninety seven won the ticket. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tigers Radio 97.1. The ticket. 248-539-9797 is the phone number. Pat Caputo, Dan Dickerson, great to be here. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. we got open lines. Uh, talking some Tigers. Uh, the offseason, a little bit different this year, but uh, we'll see how it goes on. Dan, uh Looking at it, uh, you know, the big issue this offseason, I think, with uh, fans, uh, probably uh, the classic talk radio topic is, uh, you know, Michael Fulmer. <laughs> and uh, Michael Fulmer is going to be traded. Uh, I, I wouldn't trade Michael Fulmer. Uh, the only thing, it would have to be something that's uh, too good to be true. But when you are sellers, you're hoping to get a Michael Fulmer. So when you get him, you got him under control for a while, you want to keep him. Absolutely. I, I just... Uh... And I, I know what Al Avila is saying, and I, we've heard him all the explanations. Hey, you have to listen. But, I mean, you've got him under control for five years. You traded to get him a couple of years ago when Tigers decided they were sellers at the trade deadline and he exceeded all your wildest expectations. You've got him under control for five years. He's going to be a bargain, whatever the arbitration costs you down the road. He's going to be a bargain right. at the end of those five years. Here's a five-war player and an almost four-war player last year, even though it was injury-shortened season. This is a guy I think you can – let's pencil him in for three to four-war or more every year. I mean, that's a very valuable player. Whoever you trade him for, even if they're can't-miss prospects, can't-miss prospects miss all the time. And I just don't know why why you wouldn't keep him. I mean, you've got got an ace, top-of-the-rotation guy under control for five years. Alice said he'd like to rebuild to be closer to three years than, say, five or six years – and there's your guy who can who can help to me lead lead you back to where you want to be. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. The other thing too is, it, assuming this goes the way that uh, the Tigers you know want ideally, in a couple of years from now, uh, they'll be in a spot where they'll be looking to spend money. The, the uh, goal is here isn't to be like Oakland. Uh, it's not to be like uh, Tampa Bay. Some of these other small market teams. They're perpetually, you know, moving players. You know how the uh, A's traded Josh Donaldson. What a dumb trade, you know. My gosh. Uh, as soon as he got we're close to uh, – that isn't the idea. The idea is, hey, you got to regroup here, build a nucleus, and then uh, go to uh, where you uh, go back to spending some money to try right. to fit, fit in what you're trying to do. And, you know, it's, it's smart. It's a smart plan. It's a good plan. Well, by the time you do that, you're going to be looking to acquire somebody like Michael Fulmer. So that uh, is where it kind of works in. And you need to have, and I think, you know, we were talking about these teams that are built in the past, you know, like the 84 Tigers, the 68 Tigers, the two most recent championship teams. They had leaders that came out of there. They had their guys. Well, Michael Fulmer, you know, his makeup is really good in addition to having as good an arm as anybody in Major League Baseball as a starting pitcher. That's not an exaggeration. All you got to do is look at the velocity charts. And he's got a wipeout slider and real good change, too. His makeup is extraordinary. He's already shown leadership qualities. He just is somebody that is calm, uh, knows how to be a pro already. So 
uh, he's a dream. You don't want to move that. You know, you want that to be your leader. Like right. Verlander led it speeds, for... It speeds the rebuild process. Yes. To have Michael Fulmer at the top of your rotation. It Absolutely. does. Because when these young guys come up, whether it's Perez or Fajardo or Manning or Burroughs or all of them, right? they've got that guy to look to who's leading the rotation. This is how it's done at the major league level. This is how... You know, my work ethic got me to this. He's not going to talk about it, obviously, but you're going to watch Michael Fulmer and, and learn from him. There'll be great value, I think, in having him on the staff. Talk about Norris and Boyd. You're not as big a fan of the two of them together as, as I might be. And, again, I'm still saying they've underperformed. They have a chance still to be very good. Your well, thoughts? Yeah, you because, might... to me, anything that happens in 2018 – if those will depend on how well those two pitch. Well, look, I always qualify this because I hope uh, the guy makes it, makes it big. I'm not. I'll be first to say I'm wrong and be glad it. But I, I think um, Matt Boyd is a four A guy. I think not he's a four starter, a four A guy. Four A guy. I think he's a guy that's going to do pretty good in Triple A. He's going to come up, maybe have a good start here Almost or there. No hitter pad. But yeah, but he also, you know, he also had starts where he didn't get out of the first inning. I mean, he and he's very inconsistent. He doesn't have an out pitch, in my opinion, um, a pitch that he can go to. Uh, he's older than Norris by a considerable margin. Uh, it's helped him because he pitched at a quality pro- a college program at Oregon State. Uh, I think the chances of him becoming a major league solid, you know, starter are minimal. Even a four or five. Yeah, and I, right. you know, look, I hope I'm wrong. It's like right. I said. Daniel Norris, on the other hand, it reminds me a little bit of where Robbie Ray was going into last year. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be like Robbie Ray instead of he's coming off an injury. He had an injury last year. Uh, he's somebody that looks confused, dazed and confused, but he's got a little bit of juice on his fastball. His breaking ball's got a little bit sharper break. And if he can just improve his com- – and he's a real good athlete. You know, the pickoffs and he moves well. Uh, so young. Up, yes. Uh, if he improves his command just a little bit, because he misses by a hair and falls behind all the time, if he can just – those pitches are on the edges for strikes instead of off the edges for balls, sets up everything else. And that little bit of command and health and everything can make all the difference in the world. Uh, I think the, 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 there's kind of a giving up on Daniel Norris a little bit. And he's got a little edge to him. You know, I I kind of like him, you know, as somebody that still has an upside, uh, even though right now he's probably down as far as he's been as a prospect for a while. Right, right, he has. I think the Tigers feel like he just needs to get out of his own way sometime, the mental side of the equation. Right, well, it's it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard. hard. I mean, look at, look at some of the guys who took a long time to pan out. I start with Carlos Carrasco in Cleveland. All kinds of start guys. Start with Danny Duffy in, in Kansas City. I mean, trips to the bullpen actually helped both of those guys. You know, it all starts with that piece of clay. You know, he's got the piece of clay that's going to mold into something. If you're able to refine it and he's able to get it together and the light bulb goes off. You know, and, uh, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't give up on him yet. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven to the phone number. Joe, you're on Tiger Talk at 97-1 the ticket. What's up, Joe? Hey, hey, Dan. How are you guys? Great. How are you? Not bad at all. Hey, uh, you guys are talking about trading Michael Fulmer, and, and I tend to agree with you that let's keep him. He looks like he's going to be really good for a long time. Um, but also on the same fact, um, I heard you guys mention that the prospects miss. They miss quite often, even if they're highly ranked. And I guess what I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on is, say, come trading, uh, trade deadline time, we're starting to see that we got a lot of misses with the prospects. I mean, is, it, is that going to be something that you would start saying, okay, we need even more prospects, so we got to try and move Fulmer at, at that point? 
I mean, well, no, not, not to me. I mean, not, to me, it would be like, well, you got a guy. Keep him. You know? okay. Don't trade him for more prospects you might miss. Right. You, you did exactly what you wanted to do. You traded a veteran with value to get <laughs> to get. They struck gold in that deal. They struck gold. I mean, I, you I traded a two-month it. rental for Michael Fulmer. You know, that the Mets knew he was that good, they might not even do it. You know, and they have DeGrom, DeGrom and uh, all these guys, uh, you know, uh, Syndergaard and, you know, Martz, all these guys that they have in their, you know, young guys. That I mean, they, they wouldn't, might not even dealt him. That's how good Michael Fulmer right. is. Even if the Yankees yeah, said, imagine that staff, imagine that Mets staff with Fulmer on it. Man, oh, man. Yeah. And Michael Fulmer, you know, a lot of scouts would say stuff about him. I remember Dan, you know, I to talk to him. He said he had a kind of an ugly motion. And, they said that about Max Scherzer, and, too. Yeah, and uh, he hasn't had, you know, he had, the arm problem he had isn't like a Tommy John's thing. That's a something that'll be correctable. You know, it's he a, should be. It's a, you're moving the nerve in the elbow. Yeah, that's it. So he, he should be fine. Uh, you know, those type of things. Uh, uh, anything can happen to pitchers. You know, you Look at have, the Mets rotation. Yeah. They, they can't miss four guys who are all at the major league level and pitching well, and it's a mess right now. Right. And, you know, Cespedes did what he was supposed to do there. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, the, the Tigers struck gold there. And, and I hate this, you know, Bull Burrows and uh, Franklin Perez are much further advanced at the same, at a much earlier age than Michael Fulmer was. So that's what the Tigers have now. They they do have an upside. And the Manning, of course, does. The velocity is down a little bit last year. It'll be interesting to see, you know, whether it ticks up again after he's been out and thrown and stretched out and those type of things. But uh, they got some pitching talent there. I mean, high-end pitching talent, and partly because of those deals that they made. Uh, they're in pretty good shape that way. You know, you have to see. Prospects are just prospects. You hear that all the time. But some prospects are better than other ones, and they certainly have some good ones now, especially in the pitching department. Position players, not so good. You know, right. I mean, they gotta they got to work on that. But that Paredes kid they got, uh, Daz Cameron, those were pretty good deals that helped them. They got a catcher in Rodgers. The one thing I liked about what Al did, he pretty much got every position across the board. Candeliero, third. Uh, Lugo played second base. Uh, and those are advanced prospects. Candeliero, of course, being in the big leagues already. So, Speaking of Candeliero, I asked Omar Vizquel in September what he thought of Candeliero because right off the bat, I mean, there just looked like he maybe could have made some plays that he didn't. The, the defensive metrics, remember, one month. Yeah, they weren't good. They weren't good. So I asked Omar that, and first of all, you're always wary of one month of defensive stats. And right. really, analytics guys will tell you, look at three years of defensive stats if you can. But I asked Omar, and he's pretty honest, and he said he really liked his hands, he liked his feet. Well, you saw the one plate, didn't you? And, I mean, he, he just thinks that there's a real upside there. He likes the future for him at third base. And Do you I remember just think, the play, though, that I'm talking about where he got down September on his September was kind of a blur. Go ahead. Oh, he, he dipped down. He got the didn't win a triple play or close to a triple play. Ball was hit to him. Oh, right, right, right. He got scrambled, got up to his feet, tagged yeah, third. It was a triple play. You, you'll see uh, that uh, ball hit like that. You, you'll see very few players who are athletic enough to make that play, especially right. third baseman. Right. I like him defensively. I know his metrics were bad. Right, but, have, and that's like just something because people cast, are going to talk about that, and I just, I just, I do think that's something to keep in mind. One month of stats, you, you can't learn a lot. I do think there's value in those stats, but here's a Hall of Famer, maybe certainly one of the best shortstops ever, Omar Vizquel, who's a, he's got a very sharp eye, saying that this this kid's got the tools that he sees a third baseman needs to have to play at the major league level. And he wasn't prone to exaggerate either. No, he was not. Ninety-seven won the ticket. 
Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tigers Radio 97.1. The ticket. You know, one thing right now, I think if you, if, if you were there towards the end, a lot of the young guys, you know, after the trades were made, were ready to step up. And I believe guys like Nick Castellanos, James McCann, even Mikey Matuk, who was new to the club, you, you, you heard those guys saying, I want to be, I want to take the leadership role. And I think they're prepared to step up, uh, some of those young guys, and do that. You also, you know, I also talked to Miguel Cabrera, and, and, he's, he, and he came to me and he says, we want a strong leader, and I'm going to make sure that this clubhouse gets on the right foot. Jose Alavila, 248-539-9797. That, that's not a small thing to me. No. It's not. I mean, there were pretty well-publicized reports that things weren't good in the clubhouse at times. And, and I think Victor would even admit that. I mean, just, uh, but I think there were a lot of things going on. I think the heart issue was bothering him. I think for Miguel, there were well-publicized stuff that was going on off the field that bothered him. So the fact that Al said that, I think, is a very good thing. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. You got a veteran manager too. Uh, he'll come in. The clubhouse order is uh, definitely a strength for uh, Ron Gardenheim. So we'd love to hear from you, like uh, guy. You're on ninety seven one. The ticket. What's up, buddy? Good evening, gentlemen. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guy. Uh, personally, myself, I'm looking forward to this upcoming season with the Tigers because I love to watch the new kids come up and develop and see what, you know, how things turn out. But the one question that I've got for you, uh, Pat, I'm, uh, well, I'm, I'm sure that you both have heard it. Uh, over the last six months or so, we've heard different people say uh, that they were kind of concerned about Michael Fulmer because they just, they were concerned about his uh, mechanics. And they said because of his mechanics, that he might be destined for arm trouble or problems in the future. And I wanted to get your opinion on that. Well, my, my opinion on it is uh, I've heard that from the day they traded for him. And you, uh, can, you can really almost hear it about any pitcher. Yeah, and, I, <laughs> and my uh, simple answer to it is I've seen guys with ugly mechanics, and his aren't that bad. Nobody has really bad mechanics anymore compared to, like, in the old days where you really see some funky motions. But um, – I've seen guys like that, and uh, they pitch forever. Chris uh, Sale didn't exactly have the uh, got terrible thumbs mechanic. up coming out of college. He's tall and lanky, and he throws all arm. But uh, in any, I've seen guys with perfect motions who have constantly had arm trouble. Nobody can figure out the human arm, uh, especially <laughs> the shoulder. They figured out the elbow. That's but, a good way to put it. And, uh, you know, but uh, nobody can figure it out. Uh, the one thing about it is, uh, and, and some guys – they just kind of are in bad shape uh, physically. They don't look like they're going to run the marathon. They pitch forever. Remember Mickey Lolich back in the day. And you got other oh, guys yeah. who got perfect bodies, and they're always breaking down. So it's impossible to tell, even in this day and age. It's uh, one of the great mysteries about the game. So uh, I would say that. But I definitely heard that about Michael Fulmer, that uh, you know mechanics weren't uh, good, that he had a lot of torque in his arm and all the other stuff. I mean, you really did hear the same stuff with Max Scherzer. I remember it vividly when the Tigers traded for him. He's got a bit of a funky motion by today's standards. It turned out out okay. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't have any problem (laughs) whipping the ball in there uh, late. It used to be, uh, Dan, too, you know, they used to say tall pitchers uh, lose their mechanics and everything. Now you see all these, you know, big tall guys that throw on that downward plane. They have no problem with it. The other thing is uh, college – Pitchers, uh, there's a lot more taking care of them. They're not throwing them with innings like they used to. 
Yeah, Michael Fulmer, the advantage he's had, he's been in professional baseball for a while, and they've always taken care of his arm. Um, that's what they do. You're not going to see the Tigers uh, having Manning throw. Or Bull Burrows last year, at the end of the year, if he was struggling a little bit, they'd pull him out pretty early. You know, they shut him down. They don't send him to the instructional league or some of the things that they used to do in the past, have him pitch winter ball. Right. Uh, so they take care of their arms a little bit better. And it's turning out there's a little bit more durability with that. Smarter. Yeah, very much so. You know, so, and uh, and uh, Michael Fulmer, like I said, uh, you know, there's a makeup. The guy's got a great makeup, man. He's, he's got leader in him. He does. He absolutely does. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. It'll be interesting, too, with, uh, you know, I don't think people have seen Franklin Perez actually throw. Uh, it's a big kid. He's 19 at double A. You know, and uh, there's some familiarity. I believe Ozzie, uh, uh, not Ozzie Guillen, Carlos Guillen was pretty influential when he, when he was younger. Uh, so the Tigers are going to have some familiarity with him. And uh, I guess his makeup is uh, really, really good. Uh, he's going to move fast. Uh, he's not somebody that... Uh, you know, he's a frail kid, and he, he's got good command of the ball already. So I think there's going to be a lot of excitement about that kid. Um, that was – I was surprised they were able to get him, uh, to be honest with you. I didn't think the Astros would part with him. But that was a big chip that they got in that deal. Tell me about James McCann, what you think. I've been thinking about him a lot. Uh, it just seems like the Tigers – I don't know if, if they think maybe he's never going to quite hit at the level they thought he would, or do you think that – they feel like he's still, I mean, he still has not had that big season offensively plus defensively that they're looking for. I do think he's getting better behind the plate. Uh, receiving skills are still, I would say, average to I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, you know what? Uh, he reminds me of a bigger version of Brad Osmus. Uh, very he did athletic. Improve. He very did athletic. improve offensively uh, this year. Um, here's the thing. I've never seen a catcher who can throw as well as him. I'm not exaggerating. Just athletically and from different positions and everything, he runs very well for a catcher. So he's got the athleticism. What I can't and it, can't figure out is why he's not a little bit better receiver. Those numbers about framing pitches, you know mm-hmm. he works his tail off. He absolutely it. works. And it, why he can't hit, right? I know he did a little better this year, but... Right. His, his, it was a it was an improvement at least. There's a division between his against left-handers and Still right-handers. 280, 280 points. That's stunning. Yeah. It, it goes back to the minor leagues. It's right. stunning. The guy's been batting against right-handed pitching all his life, way more than left-handers. I can't figure that out. And again, this is it's kind of like with Nick Castellanos defensively. You know these two these two guys work their tails off, but sometimes you can't make something at the major league level something that they're not. Right. And uh, that's you know, and, and everybody roots for those guys, don't they? They do. They uh, do. You know. I'm just kind of curious about. I, I, and we can ask Al about this. I mean, what do they think of James McCann? He's 27 years old. This is your 27th season. Right. And 27-year-old season. And uh, do they look at him as this guy who's going to be the, the guy behind the plate for the so years to come? He's a platoon guy. You want to play against right-handed pitching at, or left-handed pitching at this point. Or does he become a platoon guy? Yeah. And so, who's your backup this year? I don't know. Get Alex back. <laughs> uh, he changed his name to Avila again, and Al's Avila. I, I can't uh, figure this out. I can't. We'd ask Al about that. <laughs> Paul, you're on uh, Tiger Talk on 97 won the ticket. Oh, boy, I'll tell you what. This kind of talk uh, really warms up a rather cold day, no <laughs> doubt about that. That's cold. Dan, my pleasure. Um, I love your work on the radio, Pat, and um, you as well. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I just wanted to say, you know, that you talk to people about the Tigers, and, and, and there's a lot of gloom and doom out there with a lot of folks. And I take, I take the approach like you're taking, Pat. 
it's like this is kind of exciting, you know. Um, I've been walking around, you know, almost 58 years now, and, you know, I mean, I remember the 68 Tigers. You know, I remember building, you know, toward the 84 Tigers. I remember, you know, a lot of some of the good teams they had and some of the lows they had. And, you know, it's not all gloom and doom. We saw flashes of some pretty good, promising young players, you know, last year. Um, moving Castellanos and making room for the kid at third base. Um, we still have Iglesias. We still have Fulmer, you know. We've got some question marks, but most of all, I really think Ron Gardenhire was the best hire you could have made right now. Yeah. Understands the season. He's had six. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I interrupted. No, I agree just, with you. I was going to say, I uh, appreciate the call. Uh, there's no question that uh, the Tigers will be professional. You know, they'll learn the game in the traditional sense with Ron It'll Gardner. Be a good brand of baseball. The years that he was winning six out of nine Central Division titles. His team's played a good brand of baseball. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. You don't need that phone number coming up now because Al Avila will join us next. Tiger Talk ninety seven won the ticket. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tigers Radio ninety seven won the ticket. Tiger Talk here on 97.1 The Ticket. It's great to be here. And joining us now is uh, Tigers General Manager Al Avila. What's up, Al? How are you guys doing tonight? Great. How are you? I'm uh, not bad. I got home uh, a little while ago from work. And uh, I'm going to try to do, not to do my Jim Leland impression and eat while I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> He never did that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. not during the manager show. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, in, in between shots, but it's you know it's been a different off season, Al. Um, you're, you're going into that regrouping mode, uh, you know, trying to uh, compile as much young talent as you can, and then uh, get a little leaner, meaner, as you described it. Well, you know, um, we've been saying this now for the last couple of years uh, that really the way that we were operating while we were very successful, really. I mean, two World Series uh, playoffs and all that. Um, it really was not a sustainable way to operate um, through that success. Uh, but in saying that, you know, you, we, get to, we get to the point where of no return um, uh, and to the point where the payroll got to the point where, um, you know, you click the luxury tax twice, uh, even the big markets clubs like the Yankees and the Dodgers now you're in Boston you're you're seeing nobody wanting to to, to click it three times um, and of course so you know we had to reverse but and and doing that you know it's not just you know getting uh, getting uh, you know making a couple of trades you're talking about you know restarting the whole entire system um, and uh, and following a a you know a plan of success where, uh, you know, we, we've done it over and over and over, uh, and it's been done over and over and over. So um, the thing is, obviously, you know, we also have – you also have to wait for the market to, to, to you know, to be uh, available to, to make some of these trades. So sometimes you want to do something, but you have to be patient and wait. Um, and so – and we were. And so when the time was right, 
uh, we took action, and um, you know, right now we are where we are. And, and I and I, I got to tell you, you know, uh, we were looking at today. Uh, you know, Baseball America come out came out with their top ten prospects just the other day, and not that you know we think Baseball America is the gospel because it's not, but you know, uh, out of that top ten, five guys uh, out of that top ten came via trade uh, through this past uh, this just past season. Uh, and that's not even including Candelario, uh, who's not on there because obviously they don't consider him a prospect anymore. He's got too much already major league time. So that would have been actually there were six guys, you know, there would have been six guys. So, you know, we feel good about those. And then you got, you know, the last three first round picks in Alex Fiedo, Matt Manning, and Bo Burrows, uh, you know, they're they're ranked number two, three, and four. So uh you know, there's reason to be optimistic and excited about the future when you're looking at those guys. Al, one of the things that struck me just reading some of the comments of other GMs who are have either rebuilt or are in the process of rebuilding, and the, the idea that you had that consistency of approach from top to bottom in the organization in, in, in how you teach, how you play, how you conduct yourself as a player, uh, as well as the approach uh, in, from – in other words, each level up, and I know the Tigers have been developing a Tigers way, also developing on the analytic side the Caesar system. Can you just describe how those two work together and how far along they are? In other words, will this organization have a Tigers way, a consistent way of playing from the minors to the majors? We've heard about it for a long time, but haven't really seen it put it in place, at least not in a, a public way. Well, you know, we're not public about the things that we do internally. We, we, you know, we, we, we do, you know, we do – try to mention some things because obviously people have interests and um, you know, I just don't, we, we just think there's certain things that you do that are internal. Uh, You do it the way you do it. And um, you know, there's certain things that you can make public and there's certain things that, Hey, you know what, this is the way we do it. And, and uh, and there's no reason to, you know, toot your horn or, uh, or give any unnecessary information, but uh, to your point, okay. You know, the the Caesar system right now, uh, and, you know, and I just got to tell you, Chris Illich has been a tremendous backer because when I took over, one of the things you know he you know he and I talked about was uh, developing uh, an analytical department. Okay, we were both on board on that, but we all but I also talked to him about you know we the good organizations, the great organizations. They have a strong scouting department. They have a strong player development department. They have a strong uh, Latin American slash international department uh, to go along with all this stuff. So he really, you know, he, he he's really, uh, you know, bought into this whole system to where we don't have to spend, uh, you know, over $200 million payroll every year to have a sustainable organization because it's really not sustainable in a middle market club. So what you need to do is, you know, invest your money in the infrastructure of the organization and, and, and get up to speed with technology, get up to speed uh, with, with scouting trends. And, and he's really been a great backer in this. So, you know, right now we've, we've already spent millions of dollars on the analytical department. As we speak today, I just talked to him this afternoon and, and increasing our storage capacity. Because we've added so much information, to, or, and we're and we're getting more information to the analytical department that we we've had to uh, read. Re, we're going to have to redo uh, and get a whole brand new storage capa- uh, a system uh, and increase the storage capacity for for the organization. 
uh, that's going to cost like almost $700,000, just wow. that alone, to store information, to store video, statistics, information. Uh, that For that just alone. And so, you know, we're, we're in the process of doing that. We, but we've also added amateur scouts. We've added uh, major league scouts. We've added, uh, 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 you know, personnel and player development, extra coaches. Not to mention, you know, we, we're bettering the nutrition of the of the athletes. So there's a lot of things that we're doing in the infrastructure of the organization to bring it up to speed. Which, you know, quite frankly, over the last several years, we were lagging way behind. And right now, we're you know we're catching up as fast as we can, and we're doing. I mean, we're really going uh, warp speed at this point. And, and we're very excited about this whole thing because, you know, it's it, it's it's all going to help the Detroit Tigers. Whether I'm here or not, you know, 10 years from now, what we're doing today is going to set the foundation for years to come. And uh, and we're very excited about that. Well, speaking of the team, uh, 2017, you know, uh, or 2018, uh, as we move forward, um, a couple of players. They're younger players, yet they're getting to the point where arbitration eligibility comes in, different things. Um, we were talking about analytics, at least the metrics that we know about, you know, fan graphs and baseball reference, uh, Castellanos and James McCann, and uh, to a degree, Jose Iglesias. These are guys that have been with you uh, for a while. They're younger. Uh, they're getting to the point where you have to pay them a little bit. Uh, how do you view those players in, in part of your rebuild and uh, what you're doing? Those are great questions. Those are great questions, and, and those are three perfect examples or, you know, perfect examples of, you know, decisions that we, that are going to be, you know, let's say shorter term than longer term as, you know, because there's going to be, and there's already has been to some degree, some interest in, in, in a couple of those guys. Uh, so uh, at this point, obviously Iglesias, he's only, he only has this, this year with the Detroit Tigers after this year, he's a free agent. So uh, I've talked to, to Iglesias already uh, a couple of times I've talked to his agent almost monthly um, in that, you know, Iglesias right now um, could be our, probably will be our starting shortstop at the beginning of the season, but maybe, maybe very well be uh, traded at the trading deadline, or if not sooner, um, uh, depending on, you know, the need that uh, teams have out there for a shortstop. The market for shortstops have not, has not been great. Uh, most teams that are that are in contention that are good have you know good good solid shortstops at this point. Uh, there's some teams that are still rebuilding that uh, have uh, you know a, a, per, a perfect example. The Orioles got Beckham, San Diego just made you know just got Galvis. So there's got you know th- those teams already have kind of uh, plugged in their holes per se for for the short term. Um, so right now with a guy like Iglesias, he's going to be you know as, as I see it, he, he'll probably be our shortstop opening day. How long that is, I don't know. And we've talked about it. I could talk to you openly about it today on the radio because we've talked about it on a regular basis. Right. Um, so he's one of those guys that, that um, you know, quite frankly, he probably will not be with us in the long run. Um, we have to make sure that we, we, we develop a good shortstop in our system, um, you know, for, for our future. Now, and say, you talk about Castellanos, a little bit different there. You know, Castellanos, we have him for 2018. We have him for 2019. Uh, he's very young. He's still developing as a hitter. There's value there. Obviously, the question is the defense. You know, at the third base, um, obviously he wasn't, uh, you know, the, the defensive metrics didn't, you know, really add up for him. 
we have him now in right field. We have a good feel. We have a good gut feel in the short term that he can make that transition. If he does, then all of a sudden his stock goes up quite a bit. And uh, I know I know Nick very well, and Nick is really right now working his you know working his rear end off because he wants to be a great major league player. Uh, you know, he wants to be an all star. He and he's got that determination, and and he very well could be. So he's one of those guys that right now, hey. If the right deal is there, possibly, but um, he, 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 might, he might be a guy that we, we you know, we, we stick with. So he's one of those guys you have to just go, you know, year by year, day by day, and, and see how that turns out. So uh, with McCann, kind of the same similar situation, except that, you know, obviously with McCann, he, you know, he's got a great – he's got a cannon for an arm. He throws guys out. He's improved his catching, and he will continue to improve his catching. His bat is seems like it's coming around, so – He's another guy. He's another one of those guys that there's a possibility that he could be that guy there down the road. But maybe you know, maybe he's one of those guys that down the road, then you you end up trading. So, you know what, Al? We um, we already, we've run out of time. We could do, we could do this for like uh, hours. Actually, we will be doing that at Tiger Fest a couple Saturdays from now. Everybody get their tickets. We'll be talking to you. We'll be Dan and I'll be grilling you like crazy that day. We'll get you everybody up there, David, Chad, and all your all your guys, and uh, we'll talk. We really appreciate your time tonight, Al. Well, my pleasure, and uh, yeah, I'll be looking forward to that. It'll be, a, I mean, we won't have the big time superstars that we had uh, a few years ago, <laughs> but uh, but you know what? We're going to have some interesting young guys, and uh, it'll be an interesting year, and, and it'll be a growing a growing year, and uh, I think we have a good future ahead of us. Thanks a lot, Thanks, Al. We Al. appreciate it, and good luck to you. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. There you go. That's Al Avila, the Tigers general manager. Kyle Bogey's coming up next. Dan, that was a fast hour. Always a fast hour. See you next week. Tiger Talk, 97 won the ticket.